This is a Morley Radio production. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Powered by You. My name is Zeno and I'm your host. And this is a community-based podcast that will be used as a platform to raise awareness and talk about social impacts and local trends that actually have an influence on our everyday lives. For today's episode, we'll be talking about the social impact of the pandemic since the first lockdown. And to be more specific, we'll be looking to unpack the social determinants that revolve around mental well-being or mental health and the stigma that's attached to it. Today, I have with me Jacody and Abdul. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's been a while. I haven't seen what Jacody in how long was it? it? It has been a while, to be honest. And um, I ain't seen you in a long time. What was it? Was it months? I can't. It was definitely last year sometime. It was last year, but I don't remember much of last year. So. Yeah, no, nah, do you know what? All this time has been a blur, kind of. Like mm-hmm. the, these past two years, I'd say. Yeah, literally. Um, they flew. A lot of things happened, but then not a lot of things happened at the same time. It's, it, was, it, it felt like a dream, like a long sleep. Exactly. But even though we've been working, we've been doing our everyday stuff, but it just hasn't felt... Normal, right? Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Uh, not normal. Monday doesn't feel like a Monday. Yeah. The days don't feel like the days that you sh- they should be. Saturday comes and it shouldn't be Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weekends but don't feel like weekends. Exactly. But Abdul, I've seen you like last week. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that's pretty much, um, yeah, so there's not much to talk about with you. But with, with this whole topic, that's how we're trying, we're trying to get into it is, um, would you say mental health is something that is spoken about? during the pandemic because I don't know it's just something that we experience but I feel like we don't dive into it we don't speak about it openly you know yeah 100% I mean I think uh, a lot of people you don't want to say anything because you don't want to be that person out of the whole group of your friends that's got something going on right Mm, yeah yeah nobody wants to be that person now that's true I get what you mean but just before we get into the topic properly Mm. I just want to say that us three were here to talk about this subject it doesn't make us experts. Anything we do share mm. is through our personal lived mm. experience and it's our opinion. Mm. Okay, so that's what we just want to put it out there. Um, so, yeah, so you're saying with the whole mental health issue that people are, you know, hesitant to come out and say, I'm suffering. Or why, not? why do you think that is? Do you think there's a reason for it? or I think it's a complex thing, isn't it? Because... Um... At the end of the day, when people, I don't know, I can't speak 100% for everybody, but when you're going through your own kind of stuff and you can't make sense of it yourself, how are you supposed to talk about it? And then if you do talk about it, how do people perceive it? Do you know what I mean? Mm. I feel like there is a stigma around mental health. Um, If we're being realistic, I think a lot of people that have things such as depression are not perceived as strong. Mm. And, um, And, yeah, at the same time, like you said, it's not easier to explain to other people, especially if they're not going through similar things, um, what you're going through. So how do you expect to really get help? I do think mental health was talked about more during the lockdown because I think it was finally the time where it was focused on. Everyone was staying at home. Um, people uh, couldn't do anything that they would normally do that would make them happy or spend time. Um, and I read somewhere that 52% of people that were asked uh, for a survey for the government, um, said that they were worried about the impact that the lockdown would have on their mental well-being. So from that statistic alone, we can see that, yeah, it was it was talked about more. 
But at the same time, I don't think it was tackled or tackled as well as it should have been. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, but the issue is there are those who are willing to talk about their mental health and there yeah, are course. those who unfortunately do suffer in silence. So there could be different reasons for that. You know, um, it could be due to, you know, cultural background. For example, I know people who are, you know, my friends, my neighbours. They did mention to me that if they were to come out and say, you know, we are not feeling 100%, you know, we're going through something or it could be even just short-term mental health, right? Because mm -hmm. you get short-term and long-term. Yeah. So it, even if it's short-term, they might be judged by their family because they're not educated on the topic of mental health and they might be looked at as, you know, um, you know, crazy or, you know, incompetent, for example, like you're not, you're not... Um, not self-caring. Yeah, at yeah. that point, you know, they wouldn't trust you with certain tasks because mm -hmm. they'll probably think you're not up for it. Mm. You're not capable of doing something because you told them that I'm going through depression or I'm not in the right place or in the right mindset to do things. And they might take that as, you know what, this person almost is damaged goods. And that's how certain cultural backgrounds through my friends were telling me because their their families weren't really educated on mental health itself. And that's why they're, they're kind of hesitant to actually tell their parents or their relatives, their uncles, their grandmas, you know, um, grandparents in general. But, you know, some do have an idea of what mental health, but not everyone. So there are people who tend to fall through the gaps, unfortunately. And also as well, what I do want to say, especially in our generation sort of thing, when you do say... I'm suffering through mental health, that might be used as an insult towards you later down the line. So yeah. people do tend to be using that as an insult where they're like, oh, you're, you're not right in the head or don't talk to me. You're not, you're not 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, 100%. We've heard, we've heard that, um, you know, many times around us, you know, people do tend to use that as a joke. They say they're joking, but then again... Some people, the person yeah. who's going through it might not take it as a joke. So yeah, a hundred percent. Then they're not seeing it like you are. Right? Yeah, that's you the thing. You know, because you do have you do have physical health, you know, as well as mental health, and both of them can fluctuate. You know, you have good physical health, you have bad physical health, and the same as with mental health, you have good and bad mental health. Sometimes you're feeling great. Sometimes you're feeling, you're feeling, you know, not so great. And but the funny thing is, well, not the funny thing is, but the strange thing is, you tend to not get insulted about your physical health you know if, if you are to say oh, I suffer from asthma or I suffer from diabetes or I have you know high blood pressure or I got you know yeah, listen go on yeah, people are more open to speak about it right and you don't feel like yeah no as in people would not come and turn around and say oh uh, they'd start making jokes or insult you about your con your physical condition but when it comes to mental health people are like oh um, they can just easily just uh, attack it get you. To you it get to you a lot deeper than yeah. a physical, it's a physical but people don't tend to make insults about your physical health from what I've seen you know it comes have you ever seen someone say someone like you know oh look your, your leg is broken or whatever just uh, start. If we're no talking, but you're oh, with your oh, friend oh, oh, talk, I think no because um, like when my friend broke his leg we, we used to make fun of him and limp with him but it was but that but that's that's a joke but I think right I don't but at the same time I don't think that gets to the person as much that, yeah. that's all it is I think the jokes are still there the funny part is still there. I, I, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, no. The funny part is still there. The jokes are always there. But, but it won't get to the person, I would say, as much as a mental... Um, so, yeah, so, so if you had to say to the older generations, you know, like our parents, our grandparents, you know, um, those that are not really involved with the topic of mental health or don't, mm -hmm. don't know the forms it can come in, you know, so, so what would you, how would you come across to explain it to them? 
you know, and it's not every person who is. Mm. Some people do know about it, of course, and some people don't know. You know, I would say at this at this stage is um for for parents, it's almost impossible to explain. I mean, even if you do try to explain to them, I feel like they've the older generation have grown in I would say a tougher era, um, where mental health, as you said, um, is perceived still perceived as um obviously a person can be weak. So I think in their era, how they grew up and with their parents, they were taught um, from childhood to not, I wouldn't say care about it, but basically ignore it. So if that's how they grew up, that's how they expect us to grow up. I feel like with their gener- with the older generation, it's almost impossible to, to explain to most parents about if you're going through depression or um, bipolar or anything like that. So I think what, the main focus now should be is um, teaching our generation using uh, the older people who are, for example, psychiatrists, teachers and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where the main focus should be. I but think it's, do it's too think hard. Do you think it's not possible to break the barrier between the child and the parent, though? I think it's... I think, yeah, I think with some parents, obviously, it is possible. Mm. Um, but like Zeno mentioned earlier, with cultural differences... Mm. Some, for example, if you're Moroccan mm. um, and you went to your parents and told them you've got depression, obviously there are some that will, um, you know, they, they might take you to a psychiatrist or talk to you. But um, I think most will just tell you, um, go do something that will distract you with it and expect you to go over it yourself, which obviously is understandable from the way they grew up. But yeah, at the same time, I think it's just, most parents, I think it's too hard for them to see where we're coming from, exactly. No, I hear that 100%. I get that. Is it similar in... In Caribbean culture? Um, I can only speak from my personal experience. Um, there's many forms of mental health, anxiety being one of them. Um, it's something that I'm familiar with in my surroundings. Um, we're very comfortable with addressing the situation only because we would rather bring it out into the open than to hide it away. But initially, there's always that first thing where we always try and hold it in and we don't talk about it. And that is because we are worried. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. that's 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 good to know. Um, So would you say was this pre-pandemic, by the way? Pre-pandemic, yes, but heightened during pandemic. Yes. So so how how were you impacted in the pandemic yourself? Like, did you did it impact you a lot or not really? Um, Not. So much because, as you said before, the older generation, they all kind of instilled that you got to get on yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. And yet that's my mentality. That's how I am as a human being. But there were times you, there was no way he was making it through an entire week and being happy throughout the whole week in a yeah, pandemic. At home as well. Yeah, time. it was crazy. OK, yeah. So we all have our ups and downs, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So that's um, so that, that's good to know. You did, literally never had anything like a major in, incident in, in the pandemic because there are some people who go through the worst mental breakdowns whilst they were in the in lockdown uh can't go out and no support network and that's like in your condition you have family around you you've got friends yes. that you can pick up the phone and just give them a call and just speak you know but those who are isolated in their houses and as well uh, as well as in society itself they don't have uh their family due to many reasons or they don't really have friends that they could call upon sort of thing so how would they cope? You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So I don't know. With, with you, Abdul, would you say your experience 
how did that go? Was that smooth or was that or was it not really? Uh, I prefer not to speak. Really, it was um, the the first lockdown was horrible. Um, but after I realized that, um, firstly, like, so what can you do? You just have to accept that you're at home. You have to follow the government guidelines and everything like that. Because um, at the time, I used to play like, well, I still do, but um, sports was basically the way for not only me. Most Moroccans and most people in this area and most people in the country to get out of uh, or to keep busy, keep healthy and all that. So when when all of a sudden everyone's locked up at home and cooped up, that um, I feel like that was the worst for me personally. Um, but yeah, once you realize that you just have to follow the government government guidelines, um, like there's, I just had to accept it. So at that point, my mental well-being actually improved. Um, this when as soon as I accepted it. Um, because yeah, it's, at that point, all you can do is look forward to when you can come out. So you you, ha- you kind of have to see the cup as half full, not half empty, which is what I always say. Um, yeah, you just have to look at the what can be positive from it. Um, no point looking at the negatives if you got no power or nothing to that you can do about it. Very true. Okay, yeah, that's that's actually powerful. Mm. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying now because a lot of things happened in, you know, it's, would you say we're still in the pandemic or how, how would you feel at this point? Because um, obviously there's no lockdown. Yeah. But at the moment, there's, the virus is still around. We still have different variants coming out every few months. It's like updates. Yeah. Yeah, it's it like a late, crazy, like, latest a iPhone update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's what we're saying. So the two meter rule doesn't, doesn't apply. Doesn't anymore. apply no more. Yeah. Um. But there's still, you know, you got to do certain tests if you want to travel. Masks. And uh, there's still track and trace, I believe. Yep. And yeah, so that's what. So do you think? Does it feel like everything's back to normal or? No, no. not by a long shot. Yeah, no I way. Don't think. How so? In what? In what way? In a sense that you used to be able to come out of your house and do whatever you wanted. You could without any technically you could still do that restri- now. without any restrictions. Without that's anything what I mean. in place. If you okay, so before you could go to any club without having a vaccine passport, you could go to any restaurant yeah. and not have all these guidelines. That's what the difference is. Before we had complete nut freedom. That was the difference yeah. for me. Okay. I think a big thing is the vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. Like you can't travel without, which is kind of understandable to protect yourself, protect others. But like, but your question, answer your question. Yeah, it has. I don't think it will go back to being completely normal anytime soon. Nah. Is it okay? Yeah, no, no fair enough. Because you know what, I remember coming across. I was doing some just research, and I was I've come across this survey that the Office for National Statistics carried out uh, during the first wave of the lockdown Mm -hmm. and it was a monthly survey and it was for you know it was looking at different age groups and one of that age group was 16 to 29 year olds and they surprisingly did find that younger age groups were thinking the pandemic or lockdown would be ending within six months so within six months everything would be back to normal okay so they had the expectations in their mind that after this it only takes six months we'll be it'll be, you know, like another normal day. Mm-hmm. So that's, and also 42% also reported that they would, it was heavily impacting their mental health. Okay. You know, this, this uh, the whole lockdown and staying in. And so that's what I'm trying to think because 
personally, I've obviously had to work through the pandemic. I, I know a lot of my friends who were just on furlough or it's either on furlough or they lost their jobs. Yeah. So when you lose your job, you end up having more pressure on yourself, especially if you have kids, if you're a young parent or you have things to contribute towards that rent. So how, how would that place you? You know what I mean? So, so these kind of things were just crazy. And in for some... Well. Huh? In one go. In one go, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what I'm trying to say. So everyone has different obstacles and, and that's what we're trying to say with the mental health element. There are those who don't speak on what they experience. Because I don't know if you know people that have lost their jobs or even lost their loved ones within that process. You know, I'm sure you probably know someone that has lost someone yeah. in that time frame, you know? Yeah. Like you said, everything in one go, there was different kinds of losses throughout the whole of the pandemic. Yeah. So did, did you have any sort of like, for those who are watching, mm. would you recommend any sort of like intervention that you use as a coping mechanism within... You know, no, this ain't just for the pandemic, by the way. It, it can be applied to everyday life. You know, people use sports as uh, an outlet for coping with their mental well-being and being healthy, you know. If if it's a, a general thing. Yeah. And you're dealing with um, feelings that are bringing down or, or some form of mental illness. I, Me personally, I just think it's um, putting more things that you enjoy in your life. Whether that's being around people more whether that's being able to have somebody you have a conversation with, like a real one-to-one conversation with, you just need to put yourself in situations that you can benefit from more. Mm, true, true. So you said you use music as an outlet. 100%. So how, how did that change for you or did that increase? So obviously before, I remember you used to tell me that you used to write music before the pandemic, obviously. And, yeah. and during that moment, well, even till now, do you think that's slowed down or has that increased because you always said to me you know I feel great when I write music I feel on top of the world 100% it carried me through the pandemic because at the end of the day if I can't create that's when I will start feeling negative that's when I'll be like oh my gosh I'm stuck like I can't do anything so without being able to write and express myself then it could have been very different for me okay fair fair enough fair enough so so have you have had the chance to actually um you know just share your feelings with others me i I tend to share through song (laughs) okay okay. i don't have the one-to-one conversation you find it a bit cringe or a bit awkward to Uh, to, to talk about yeah i mean i've got one or two people that i can have that serious conversation with i'm very blessed to do that but you know, I'm one of them. <laughs> am I one of them? No. Sometimes. I am. I am. You have no? a very interesting conversation. No, don't get me wrong. When, like... when now, when we speak <laughs> on the phone, how long is it? Is it is an average oh, phone call? Standard, coming up to about an hour, isn't it? Yeah. So, standard. so literally, if it was something like um, nothing to talk about, then it would be five minutes, two oh, minutes. Yeah. But clearly, every time we do speak, it's it's for a long period. And bearing in mind that we don't see each other as we normally used to yeah. back in the day so it's just a phone call is a way to do that these days yeah exactly and then that's what i'm saying though it's like things like that it's like having people like you around that yeah. i can talk to and express myself having the music and express myself so it's like whoever's dealing with their own stuff they need mm. to be able to express themselves whatever it is whether it's football dude that's true but if those who actually think like you know, I can pick up the phone call and like you said, it's a blessing to have mm. someone that you can just pick up and vent to, I'd say, and yeah. just tell them how you're feeling and they wouldn't be there to judge you, for example. Yeah. 
but like I said, some some don't really have um, a friend that, that would actually listen to them. I can understand that way, why that's a problem because, like, for example, like, so let's say um, I don't know how big your friendship network is, mm. but during the pandemic, you can't meet people. There was at certain points oh, that, that you can't go to. Part. You know, there was the yeah. zone. There was um, tier four, tier three. Oh yeah. You know, if you remember that. So how would that be in terms of? Um, did your social media time increase? Or did your phone calls increase when you, or like text messaging? Because personally for me, I can't, when I've got certain people I haven't seen, then you text like five people at once. It becomes, it becomes so, yeah, yeah. It becomes so it, it's a burden, it's bad to say, but it's just you've got to reply back to every person. Then you start convos left, right and centre. It's a new person that you haven't heard I mean, from. You lost track of the other convos. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> and then you forget to reply. So that's what I'm saying. So did you end up falling into that? Um... Yeah, I did. I did. And unfortunately for me, I always used to do it. Every text message used to get sent all on the same day. So five conversations on the same day. It was crazy. But it's like, if you don't have that, dude, what do you do? Do you know what I mean? There's nothing else. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, But that's true. I get what you mean. So in a sense, I I, I personally think when I talk about the mental health issue, people do say we know that there are services accessible we know what to do mm. they have a good idea about what mental health is what good mental health is or what bad mental health is mm-hmm. but i just feel like they avoid talking about themselves you know mm. because it, it's it's a part of them you know what i mean so if i was to ask you do, have you accessed any there's a difference between me asking you have you accessed any services or do you know of any services you're more likely to answer me saying that you do know of services, but you would say, no, I haven't accessed any services. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I because you might be thinking, I'm going to judge you for that. Yeah, you kind of want to keep it under wraps when you're going through stuff sometimes, isn't it? That's yeah, you true. You don't want to hold your yeah. business. And then they start, they might, people might start talking about you. But at the same time, if you're not there to speak to anyone, how do you expect to get advice? Or not to, like, personally, I spoke to someone they advised me to go play play for um with a with a club. I went. I started playing with the club, and well, I felt better. But if I didn't have that conversation with that one person, um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have had that as an option. So yeah, just um, if you don't, if you can't speak to anyone, you can't really expect any help. Um, so yeah, you just have to do it. Okay, yeah. fair. So what, what qualities would you see in a person that would make you think, all right, you know what, I'm comfortable with sharing with what I'm going through with this person? Um, because obviously you have different friends, you have acquaintances, yeah, yeah. you have colleagues. And so, like, I do understand you're not, it's not no one's business to know what you're going through. But then again, it's sometimes it just feels right to tell someone that you're really close with that you're not feeling so great or to bear with you because you're not, you're not yourself lately because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. So what would that person look like to you so what characteristics um, do they have for you to be like you know i'm comfortable enough to open up to you uh so you don't i think i think you people wouldn't want someone who's overwhelming so sometimes you might you might tell someone you've got depression and you've got certain thoughts they might take it not i wouldn't say too seriously um but overwhelm you with their reaction so they might be a little too um outgoing with their responses and and uh, you might and the person might panic the person who's you know facing the mental health issue, so I would say someone who's not overwhelming, calm, 
mm. and obviously a good communicator. And especially if you know the person has maybe contacts or information that they could share. Um, sometimes we've got not parents, but friends of parents or friends of friends uh, that we know, you know, they've got sources or anything that might help you. So if you have a word with your friend um, who's got yeah. associates, they are most likely going to talk to someone to help you. And that's what you need. So I feel like, yeah, it just needs to, needs to be someone that's not overwhelming. You you know you can talk to without getting a Yeah, like someone like reaction. yourself, dude. Mm, to be yeah. honest, it's like, if I didn't know you, looking at the situation, I wouldn't even know. If somebody came to me and they had depression and they were calling me, and the first thing I'm thinking is you need to talk to somebody, but I don't know where to refer the person to. That's But that's the only information I can give them. But because I know you, I can source where to go from yeah, you because you can give me that information yeah but if i don't have somebody like you then yeah it does become a problem yeah that's true yeah because i remember do like remember having a conversation with you telling you you know um this person's offering support this organization's offering support just in case you might want to pass it on to your friends relatives or people that you just know yeah um so yeah that's it was important to keep in contact just because i might know some stuff that's going on in the local community that you might find beneficial, not for you particularly, but for someone that you may know is in need of help. Yeah, exactly, because I wouldn't be able to do that by myself, to be honest. Yeah, so that's the thing of the, the whole community element that we all have to be understanding and we all know, we all have a duty of care in terms of like, right. even if it's your close friend or not so close friend, right. it's just when someone is in a time of need, you just help them. It's, a, it's an instinct, you know? Um, so... For those who are watching, so what what kind of message would you give to the viewers? Because I'm sure it's not only young people or young adults watching. It could be anyone from different generational, uh, you know, different generations. Yeah. Would you, would there be something specific that you'd want to put out that for them to take on board? So when next time they do come across a similar situation, there's a message to take away from this conversation. Me personally, I would say to somebody, you know, don't let yourself believe that you have to go through something alone and that people won't understand what you're going through. You're not going to come across like a great deal of people that might understand you 100 percent. But there's always going to be pe people that's willing to talk to you, willing to help you. So don't keep it locked inside because it, it's not going to change if you do it that way. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Um, I would say um, for the younger generation, um, stay active. Um, go to youth clubs. I think youth clubs help a lot. There is more and more, you know, every year. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think enough uh, um, under 18s that use it. Um, and yeah, I think that's my. I think I think that's what most people our age do: sports, uh, music, art, yeah, things like that. And for the older generation, I don't think I'll have the best advice because I have no clue. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure for the older generation. No, fair enough. I, no, I know what you're saying. But, you know, this topic can go on for ages and uh, yeah, ages. No, no, we could, we be could be here for hours. Like. We could be here for hours because, you know, you have people who are our age that have caring responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have the luxury of going out there and, you know, going to youth clubs or going to play football or write music mm -hmm. or, or, you know, just go out and socialise because they've got someone that is their primary you know they're, they're a primary carer yeah so stuff like that some people have overcrowding in their house some people there's so many different elements Situations. to this you know and i think if we can talk about this more in, in other episodes down the line 
we could have more time dedicated to each one of Once those. So I think we under yeah we got to consider other stuff as well. 100%. You know. Um, so yeah, that's. I think we're about to wrap up. Okay. You know. But can I just ask one question before yeah, we wrap up? Sure. So for the people that you just described that don't have anybody to talk to or they don't have any outlets, what is the next course of action for them then? For those you mean that don't have friendship networks that yeah. have a com- that's the whole that's where the the sense of community comes in. Okay. You know, there's so many different uh, organizations that are willing to support you. Mm. You know, there's it's just a matter of you getting in touch with the right person or having that community connection. Even even though you know uh, we have services all across the borough. So if you look at in you know the North, North Kensington, there's so many organisations that are helping you with food packages. You know the, you know like the Venture Centre have been doing work. Yeah, I've heard. You know uh, if you can't afford to buy food, they, they they'll be there. You know if you can't come outside to get your food, they'll deliver it to you. It's just stuff like that. You know um, people just need to understand that. Even though you don't have a friendship circle, or you don't, ha- or you t- tend to be a bit isolated, there's a lot of things happening in the community setting that we don't know. It's mostly and introverts that go through that. Yeah, I can. They imagine, actually yeah. find it hard to speak, even if they have friends. Um, but yeah, like you say, they, it's just like it has to be done. Yeah, uh, just little word or two, and someone, another person, can start can finish off the convo with you. Yeah, everything's easy if you got help. Exactly. Yeah. So just to answer your question, there is a lot of support. Okay. There's a lot of support out there um, that you can access. It's just that's why where I that's where I come in. So I I make sure with what I do for work is I reach out to those who tend to fall through the gaps and are not engaged with. So my role is to increase community engagement and and reach out to those who have English as a second language, for example. Okay. Those who don't really tend to be in their own little circles different society groups you know you have you have the moroccan community you have the caribbean community you have the somalian community and they're all different groups right yeah and for us to make sure everyone's not really neglected we have to make sure we reach everyone and and that's how it's things can be through word of mouth so if i reach to a certain community and they tend to have whatsapp groups within themselves (laughs) facebook groups and stuff like that that's how one way of looking at passing on the message that someone might not have heard about Okay, cool. You know, so that's what we just do. We do focus group sessions because I might be talking to you and you find out from me what is on offer. Mm-hmm. And then you might bump into someone and be like, oh, I spoke to so-and-so. Something down the road is going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You know, so so just through making sure people like you and me are more involved in the community setting that we can help people around us. Because I'm not saying I'm going to engage with every resident because it's it's possible if it's long term. But in the, in the moment where it's pandemic and time is against you and things are changing every day, you almost have to think, how can I pass this message and have a ripple effect on it? Yeah. You know, so so that's that's the way that. OK, no, that's good to know. I mean, that's the thing, because things are like that are in place for everybody to go and get is that's a start. Dude. Would you say you're an active I mean, community member? Me active? Um, not necessarily. As in, um, I help out with the things that's going on. No, but I, I'll gladly spread the word. I would never turn my back and on somebody that needs help. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know I, I always tend to forward these stuff that's going on, and I, I don't know if you pass it on or you don't yeah, all the of time. Yeah, I do to the relevant some, people. Yeah, because sometimes that's, you're almost getting a message from me like once a week, 
mm-hmm. at some point, you know, and you're thinking, oh, that's too much or whatnot, you know. <laughs> and I don't want you to get, you know, I don't want you to get... Uh, blocking you. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want you to get, like, people blocking you because of me or something like that, but... No, it's all good. So, yeah, so that's uh, pretty much it. Any questions, Abdul? Uh, no, not really, I think. Okay. I just wish we had more time to actually... Delve into more. it, innit? Yeah, so it goes a lot deeper. Yeah, um, But hopefully, keep an yeah. eye out for more episodes. That's it. So thank you for both co- for coming. Thank Appreciate you. it. Oh, Hopefully sure. other episodes will have uh, other more topics, topics to yeah. cover. Okay. So that was it for today's episode of Powered by You. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then you know what to do. Comment, like, subscribe. And most importantly, can you just share this video so you others never can... never know who might need it. Yeah, very important. Yeah, so that's, that's what we're trying to do. And we we'll hope to see you again next time. For now, take care. All right, thanks for having me.